1: Then if you stay alive in Christ, I knew that I was gained. They have been in the wilderness. They have been in the caves. They have been in the security. They have been behind the scenes. No one has known their name. No one even recognized them. But they have been recognized by heaven because they have been seeking the face of the Father and calling on God. He invaded our biology like history, repeating it was written to unfold. These testeries are leading to the oldest story. Power until Babylon gave birth, attempting to be gods by making flesh and iron burn. Although we saw it coming, we didn't know it was so near. Some tried to look away there to their the spheres. So, with these passing moments, it enveloped every mind. New comfort and convenience, and expanding human lives. Expanding information to explosives to contain. Beyond the scope and understanding of our tiny brains, it soon became the norm to transform the human form. The brewing of a coming storm we've never seen before. The day we started. Customizing children by design and modifying DNA to make ourselves alive. The powerful elite begin to get impressed. The rich and famous followed suit to be the most advanced. They thought themselves enlightened so much wiser and evolved. Most didn't know the root of all this evil was involved. Uploaded all their minds inside an AI quantum high. Made in the image of a man, at beast now come alive. They relinquished all control and put their trust in the machine. They extinguished any chance the souls could ever be redeemed. And God is bringing it out to a fourth world in this time.
0: and sisters and welcome to another edition of the remnant report i am your host the remnant warrior and i am so excited to be back with you all in the studio tonight it has been two weeks since i have been able to do a a live episode um, and i am just really excited and blessed to be back in here with you all We are going to be covering a very important issue tonight. Tonight's going to be uh, another uh, Revealing Prophecy episode. Um, We may, at least for the next two episodes, we'll be covering the same subject. This is going to definitely be a two-part episode because it's just too much information to cover in one. I am trying to get... Each episode of the program down to one hour. I want to try to get each show down to an hour. That way people are able to watch, keep their attention, and also, you know, get this information. And we have been, for the past, this this will be the third week that we have been looking at Bible prophecy and at the same time just picking apart The Dangerous Doctrine of Dispensationalism. Dispensationalism is one of the most dangerous doctrines of men that there are. Tonight, we are actually going to be uh, starting a two-part series on the millennial reign of Christ. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front that I'm not going to be teaching anything to you guys in this two-part series. I'm going to be learning with you guys. What we are going to be doing is together, we are going to go to the Word of God and see what the Bible says, see what Jesus Christ said about the millennium. Because I did a show about uh, it's been almost a year ago it was last year I did a show called um, Jewish Dreams the dispensational millennial reign versus the doctrine of Christ and so we, I, I'm ever since then I have been looking at this um, this topic of the millennial reign of Christ to try and find out if indeed it is a future event that is going to take place after the tribulation or is the thousand years talked about in Revelation chapter 20 that Satan is bound, is it talking about, is that that a symbolic number representing the time between when Jesus Christ ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he has been ruling and reigning ever since, from that time, is it a representation from that time all the way down through, up until when he returns at his second coming, when Satan will be released there there are many views on the millennium. I myself have looked at and probably held at least three of them in my Christian life. I I grew up in a dispensational Southern Baptist church, and so I grew up believing. The dispensational view. Well, one thing we are going to do tonight and in part two, we are going to completely debunk the dispensational millennial reign. The view of the millennium that the dispensationalists have, it is flawed and it is 100% false. That much I can guarantee you. So I will be uh, showing and proving that, disproving their man-made doctrine. The dispensational doctrine of the millennium is just as false as the dispensational doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture or the dispensational doctrine of uh, Israel and the church being separate entities that God has taken his eyes off of israel physical israel for rejecting jesus and put them on the church and then at the time of the tribulation or actually at the time of the rapture he will start focusing again on uh, physical israel just as much as that is a false doctrine, so is the dispensational doctrine of the millennial reign. Now, I'm not saying that the millennium is not going to be an actual, literal thousand years that's going to take place in the future after the tribulation period. It very well may be, but if it is, you are going to see tonight for sure that the dispensational view is 100% false. And that is my, I've got two main goals for this program. One is to go to the scripture and see if we can find out if a future millennial reign can be found in the doctrine and teachings of Jesus Christ. Or if it's a kingdom that is spiritual that has been that we have been in since his ascension. We're going to try to figure that out tonight and in, the, in, in part two. And secondly, we are going to pick apart and debunk completely the dispensational view of the millennium. Now, that the, the dispensational view of the millennium is this they uh, they believe that the dispensational view believes that, that the millennial kingdom has been postponed, that at Christ's first advent, when he first came, that the Jews rejected him, and because they rejected him when he came the first time, That the Davidic kingdom, the Davidic millennial kingdom, was delayed, postponed. But when he comes the second time, when Christ returns, the Jews will accept him, and the Davidic millennial kingdom will then be set up. We're going to talk more about that. I'm going to explain it in detail I'm going to read from their own writings from people like uh, Dr. Dwight Pentecost and others in the dispensational uh, movement. Now, this dispensationalism, the, the biggest problem with dispensationalism, and this is the reason why I try so hard to to bring people away from it and to just pick it apart every chance I get. It's because it literally has, well, it does exactly what Jesus said man-made doctrines do, and that is it makes Scripture null and void and um, to have no effect. And last week, our excuse me, week before last, on the last program, the last edition of the Remnant Report was also a revealing prophecy episode and we looked at the church during the tribulation period and we looked at uh, the fact that the dispensational view of the restrainer was literally setting The church up for the falling away, the great falling away that's talked about in scripture. Now, what dispensationalists have done is completely merged with the Zionist movement. Zionist Israel uh, or the Jewish Zionist and also the Christian Zionist movement. There is really no difference anymore between Christian Zionism and dispensationalism. They share the same views, the same doctrines. I mean, you really cannot tell one from the other. And it is because of this rabbinic lie that has infiltrated the church that dispensationalism has done so much damage ever since its inception in the 1830s. Now, this is what they teach. They There's a... One of the biggest dispensational authorities... He's, he's no longer living um, he's already passed on his name is Dwight Pentecost and his book think the name the title of the book is things to come and it is one of the biggest books in both dispensationalism and evangelical prophecy it's one of the biggest Prophecy, end times prophecy books in both dispensationalism and evangelical Christianity, and in the book "Things to Come," Dwight Pentecost, he he well he was a teacher at Dallas Theological Seminary, and he is one of the most highly respected and esteemed uh, dispensational teachers. That there is, he was one of the Dallas the Theolo- uh, Dallas <laughs> theological uh, seminary. It, he was a part. He was the elite there. He was one of their uh, elite, the dispensational elite. And what in his book, "Things to Come," Doctor Pentecost says this: in the millennial kingdom, it is declared to be a literal earthly kingdom over which Christ rules from David's throne in literal fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. This kingdom was proclaimed as being at hand at Christ's first advent but was rejected by Israel and thereby postponed. It will be received by Israel and set up at the second advent of Christ. So, according to Dwight Pentecost and all of the uh, leading dispensationalist and dispensational uh, theology, period, when Christ came the first time, it was up to the Jews, it was up to Israel, whether or not... The millennium was set up you know and it's only when they receive it that a jewish literal earthly kingdom will be set up here on the earth now we're going to have a lot more to say about that in this series but just ask yourself this question according to the theology of these people what if when jesus came the first time offering this earthly kingdom to the jews what if they would have said yes what happens to the cross and the rest of the world it doesn't happen when when jesus was on this earth when he would perform a miracle when he would heal somebody he would tell them, keep, you know, keep this to yourself. Don't go and, you know, tell everybody. Because he did not want them to set him up as the king, the earthly ruler that they were looking for, this, this military leader that they were looking for, this, this, you know, Davidic king. And he knew that they would set him up as that. I mean, it's even in scripture where he uh, he was in the crowd and he disappears through in the crowd because he knew they were going to take him by force and set him up on the throne. I mean, Jesus did not come to set up his earthly kingdom when he came the first time. That is not what he came for. And we're going to look at that scripture and others. And we are going to, in this first part of this series, we're going to focus on the dispensational as the dispensational aspect of the millennium. And we are going to pick that apart. And then in the next episode, in next week's episode, in part two, and I may even do it tomorrow because um, the month is coming to an end here pretty quick. And we're you know, we do a, a Saturday episode, one Saturday out of the month. So I may go ahead and do part two tomorrow. it all depends. But in part two, we're going to look at, after we've picked apart the dispensational view, then we're going to go and we're going to look and see what the actual uh, millennial reign, the actual... Millennium? what the Bible actually says about it. We're going to figure this thing out together. But first, we are going to completely debunk the dispensational view together. Now, another one of the writers who I think is one of the, the best to look at in the reformation area era i mean of history one of the past men of god believers who you know had sound doctrine in the time of the puritans we're going to look at several several writings and several books. There's a book called Institutes of Theology. It's a uh, uh, it's, it's got three volumes. But the 16th century reformers, all of them, rejected this dispensational view of of this millennial reign um they didn't and there are several versions of a future millennium now there were uh we're gonna also next week when we're you know figuring out the truth of the millennial reign we're gonna look at what the early church fathers had to say about it there were early church fathers who believed in a future millennial reign but there were also some who didn't but even the ones who did other than the heretics and we're going to look and see what the heretics had to say as well we're going to see where this jewish uh millennial reign doctrine first came from where it began and hear what uh some of the anti-nicene fathers had to say about the doctrine itself and the man who came up with it now the dispensationalist of you know the 1830s all the way up until today they are simply copying this doctrine now this doctrine was both jewish and gnostic and it was a uh ethnic jewish uh Christian Gnostic uh, because and I use the word Christian very very loosely there because we know that there is nothing Christian about Gnosticism but it was a a Christian Gnostic who was ethnically Jewish who came up with this uh, theology and doctrine of the millennial reign being uh, an earthly Davidic kingdom a Jewish utopia if you will he was the first to come up with it, and they have just latched on to it. The first being John Nelson Darby, and then C.I. Scofield, and they just pushed this dispensational lie into all of the churches with the with the Scofield uh, Study Bible. There's different versions of the Millennial Reign, and. And this dispensational version is, by far, it is totally just ridiculous. But it was Mr. Turretain, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. um, He said this. He has a section entitled, Proof that Christ will not reign on the earth. And he has eight points that he elaborates on in detail. And they were very, very strong on this and opposing this doctrine uh, because they knew that it was a rabbinic doctrine and a Gnostic doctrine. Now, I'm sure that this is going to really make some people angry, but, you know, next week. And if we have time, this week, we are going to look at the actual, the ancient writings of where this came from, where this originated from, because the dispensationalists, are, they did not come up with this doctrine. What they did was, like I said, they just latched on to it and made it a part of dispensational theology. Now, Francis Turretain, uh in, in volume three, in his eight reasons why Jesus will not reign on this earth, the eighth reason, reason number eight, is he says that the kingdom of Christ is spiritual and eternal, not visible and mundane. This was the faith of believers, whether they were Baptist or called themselves Presbyterian or Methodist or Lutheran or Wesleyan. This was the faith of all of these believers until dispensationalism came along and wove lies into the church. And he cites uh, several scriptures here but he starts with Luke chapter 17 and also in John but first in Luke 17 21 if you have your Bibles turn to Luke seventeen twenty-one. Luke chapter 17 verse 21 we're going to uh we're going to be quoting from several of the godly believers from the, the Reformed faith, you know, the, the Reformers. I know that a lot of you know that I have, you know, several issues with the doctrine of the Reformers, uh, the, the Reformation fathers, like um, Calvin and... Mainly Calvin and um, Martin Luther. They, they uh, there was some issues with their views on Christianity, but they did great things for the church. And there were many, many great men and women of God who were a part of, you know the denominations that they started through the reformation and so we're going to be looking at some of these uh, men and women of God mainly men I don't have any quotes from women I apologize but you know back in the 16th century you you know women definitely were not (laughs) uh, leaders in the church but we're gonna we're gonna uh, look at the quote I've got quotes from several of these uh, 16th century Puritans, these Reformers, and we're going to look at what they had to say, as well as what the Dispensationalists had to say, as well as what Scripture has to say. And if we have time, we're going to look at what some of the Anti-Nicene Fathers had to say. Uh, We are definitely going to be looking at that next week. The early church uh, leaders, the Anti-Nicene Fathers, we're going to look and see what the apostolic fathers had to say about this. Now, I've got. We're also going to be looking here in just a moment uh, from the writings of a man named John Gill, and there were differences amongst these people and their beliefs on the millennium. There were there were several different. Uh, Views on the millennium, but none of them held any type of resemblance to this devilish view of the dispensationalists. And I mean, they these people had a huge core belief that they believed upon, it's nothing like what we have today, absolutely nothing. These people that came in the 1830s, Darby and his followers, they changed things and they changed Christ's kingdom to a spiritual kingdom. I mean, from a spiritual kingdom to an earthly kingdom. Now, I'm sure that those of you who have heard me speak on kingdom theology and the two kingdoms, how there is The kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of the world and you're either a part of one or you're a part of the other. I know that those of you who have either heard me say that or already know about kingdom Christianity and are walking in the kingdom of God, I wonder how many of you have ever considered that that spiritual kingdom that you're a part of is the kingdom of God that Jesus Christ talked about, that we are ruling and reigning in heavenly places with Jesus right now. Now, I'm not saying, again, that there will not be a future millennial reign on earth. I'm not saying that there won't be. I want to find that out with you guys. That's what this program, that part one and part two, is all about, finding out the truth. But the way it's taught by most evangelical churches today is the dispensational lie. And I have a duty to tell the truth and preach the truth. And we're going to debunk this. Now let's look at Luke chapter 17, verse 21. Now, It says here, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And in the King James Bible, in the translator notes, it says, or among you. In you or among you. And in the translator notes in the margin, if you have a Bible like mine, then and mine is a uh it's a Thompson chain reference, but there are many King James Bibles that have these reference notes. What's it what it's saying is we translated it this way, but it could equally be translated that way. So it's saying it could be the kingdom it could just as easily be the kingdom of god is within you or the kingdom of god is among you either translation would work now let's look and see what john gill has to say you know i, I disagree with john gill on some things but on the core beliefs of christianity I can't find anything to to argue with him about. I I, I agree with him on the important things, the stuff that matters. I mean, he loved the Lord. He preached the new birth. He believed in holiness. And he preached the two kingdoms. But this is what he said. He said, neither shall they say, Or shall it be said by any, making observations or pointing to this or that place? Lo here, lo there, in this or that place, country or city, the kingdom of God is set up. The throne of the Messiah is there. And that's what dispensationalists today are doing. They're saying, oh, look, earthly Jerusalem earthly israel that's god's nation that's god's people that's not what jesus said jesus said you're not going to be able to point your finger at any physical location gill goes on to say hence it appears that the work of grace is an internal thing it is wrought in the hearts of men it hasn't seen the inward parts and therefore is called the inner and the kingdom of man. Though the words may be rendered, the kingdom of God is among you, and the meaning be that the King Messiah was already come and was among them, and his kingdom was already set up. That is completely different than what modern dispensationalists say. The dispensationalists say that he that Jesus offered them the earthly kingdom, the Davidic kingdom, and they refused. So therefore, you know, they're going to have to wait until he comes again and then the Davidic kingdom will be set up. But John Gill Says that the kingdom of God is within us or among us, and it is a spiritual kingdom that was set up when Jesus came the first time. And Gil also speaks about Israel, how it is a spiritual people in a spiritual kingdom. How there is no difference between the Israel of God and the kingdom of God. That they are one and the same. And it's not about what blood you have running through your veins. It's not about where you were born or who your parents were. It's about whether or not you accept or reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah. If you are grafted in to the cultivated olive tree then you are a part of Israel of the Israel of God and that is the only Israel is the Israel of God spiritual Israel now i know that if you have watched this program for any length of time you have heard me i have done entire episodes on the fact that Israel is a spiritual kingdom that The Israel of God is the only Israel. And the only way to become a citizen in the Israel of God is the same way you become a citizen in the kingdom of God, which is accept the only begotten Son of God as your Lord your Savior, as the Messiah and the the King of the world. And He is King, and He is ruling, and He is reigning... And we are ruling and reigning with him. Now, again, I'm not saying that we will not be a part of a future millennial kingdom. But, again, it will not be the dispensational millennium. Now, we're going to go to John chapter 18, verse 36. So turn, if you will, in your Bibles to John chapter 18, verse 36. And this is a text that, I mean, it's just like Luke 17. You, you cannot reconcile the dispensational view of the millennium with this scripture. And John 18, 36 is another scripture that just tears and picks apart dispensationalism. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, Then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Now, it doesn't get any clearer than that. I mean, to say that that does not say what it says is just completely (laughs) dishonest handling of Scripture. I've got a buddy... Uh, who I hope is watching, Matthew Marcel, he's got a saying that I absolutely love, and that is Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said, and he did. My kingdom is not of this world, what he told Pilate. So he definitely did not come the first time and try to set up the Davidic kingdom, but the Jews rejected him, Uh hindering him from setting up the kingdom of God, the millennial kingdom, the Davidic kingdom. No, that is absolutely not what happened. You cannot reconcile it with the word of God. Now, I was I was on the phone with my friend and brother in Christ, dr dennis james woods who wrote the revelation revolution now um i know that you can't see that good because it's mirrored in the camera but uh it's revelation revolution the antichrist angels and the abyss this is uh part one of a series it's end times Apologetics series volume one this is an amazing book get you a copy whether you order a copy from online, you can get them from Barnes and Noble, and you can get it from, uh, they've got it on um, Kindle, you can get it from Amazon, but you can, I'm sure, get it from their website as well Life to Legacy Publishing. No matter how you get it, just get it. I'm telling you, this book and this series is amazing i I can't wait for the next one to come out um dr woods was so very kind enough to send me an autographed copy and you know i cherish this book i really do and in his book well i'll get to that later i what i was going to say was i was talking to dr woods um Either earlier this week or the or the end of last week, but I was reading something that I found that uh, both Dwight Pentecost and Hal Lindsey said regarding the millennium, and I just I'm, I I texted him and asked him right then if he had ever heard of that ridiculousness, and he called me right away, and we talked for probably an hour about dispensationalism and the, how it is one of if not the worst hindrances to the church today but I asked him if he had ever heard because both the white Pentecost and Hal Lindsey both state in their books that in the millennium that the Jew will rule over the Gentile. We will be servants or slaves of the Jewish people. If you are a Gentile, doesn't matter if you're in Christ. They say that we will be second-class citizens all the way. But, and Hal Lindsey, in his book, he says there's a good case the rabbinic teaching of I can't remember the exact words he uses and I don't want to misquote him but he's saying that there's a good case for the belief that the Jews will rule over the Gentiles that we will be their servants it's just like I mean it is exactly like the Noahide Uh, laws that you hear so much about that are being pushed by both Jews and Christian Zionists alike. The dispensationalists those who send millions and millions of dollars to Israel. Those who think that if you support the earthly physical nation of Israel that God is going to bless you. <laughs> it is these same people who unfortunately believe that in this future millennial millennial reign that the Jew will rule over the Gentile. Because it all goes back to the belief the dispensational belief that God has taking his eyes and his attention off of physical Israel because they rejected Christ and put him on the cross. But after the uh, rapture, he is going to put his attention back on the Jews. And because of all the tribulation that the Jews go through and the witnessing of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists that all of the Jews are going to come to Christ and all of Israel will be saved. And at the end of the tribulation, when Jesus returns for his second coming, he is going to set up the Davidic kingdom And not all of the church will rule and reign with him. No, the Jews will rule and reign with him while we are their servants. Now, I bet you won't hear that. If you are a part of a dispensational church, I guarantee you won't hear that preached from the pulpit. But that is what... They believe, and it's what has been taught since the 1830s. Now, not all dispensationalists take things that far. You know, you have different people who believe things in different degrees, but that is the official uh, dispensational view of the millennium. Now, we're... uh, Coming, uh, running very low on time, so we're going to have to uh, jump back into this. Uh, now, I want to, I want to go to Revelation chapter 20 and I want to look at, first 1st we're going to go, I'm going to read this, then we're going to go to uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to see what Jesus said regarding the millennium, or, or excuse me, not the millennium, regarding the kingdom of God. And then we are going to uh, perhaps look at, really quick to close the program out we're going to go and look at where this view originated from and after we see where it originated from then we are going to have to uh close part one out and we will cover Everything that we miss, or any and everything that we aren't able to cover tonight, we will cover in part two. And what I want you guys to do is I want you to come up with a list of questions. Anything that you want us to go over, anything that you want me to cover to help us together, come up with... The truth, because that's that's all. This is is a quest for truth. So, any questions you have, any statements you have, any scriptures you have, send them to me. You can place them in the comments, or if we are, uh, if you are a part of a Kingdom Christians, or if you're a part of the the Remnant Report uh, Facebook, I mean a uh, Messenger group, the chat. You can put it in the chat, but the easiest way will be to just put it in the comments. Whether you put it in the comments on whether you're watching live on Facebook or you're watching on YouTube, either way, put it in the comments, and I will make sure to add it into what we're studying in part two. And because of how bad I want to come to a, a honest biblical conclusion on the millennial reign i am going to go ahead and and do part two tomorrow to go ahead and you know bring this thing to a close so that we together can know the truth of what's going to happen because brothers and sisters there is no denying that we are in The last of the last days. And because of that, I want to know what's coming up. I mean, we know that Antichrist will soon be coming on the scene. We know that the tribulation has either already started or is about to start. So we know that there is not much time left for mankind As it is on this earth. So I want to know what we can look forward to. What we need to look out for. All of these things. I want to come to a truthful understanding of what the word of God says about it. So right now let's go and let's look at Revelation chapter 20 starting in verse 1. And it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. And he bound him a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season and i saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them and i saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of jesus and for the word of god and which had not worshipped the beast neither his image neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So, what we are going to have to find out, because it's clear that the scripture talks about A thousand year period in which those who are a part of the body of Christ are going to rule and reign. It says that they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now there's more farther down, but I don't want to go any further down yet. I, I want to I want to wait and come back to this scripture here in a minute. First, I want to go over to um, because there's I want to go to uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and there's a reason for that. It says here. Actually, before we look at the Sermon on the Mount, I may wait until next week to look at the Sermon on the Mount uh, because I want to. I mean, we're running out of time here. We're going on an hour, and I want to keep the programs within an hour. Plus, I have got um, an obligation that I have to keep, so I'm going to have to wrap it up. But. What we're going to do is we're going to go to Matthew 24 real quick. And we're going to see if we can see anything that tells us about uh, the millennium at all. Because they asked Jesus specifically about his second coming, when he will return. So we're going to go there. I know in Revelation chapter 20, it says, when it says here... um, It just named all the things that they had and had not done. They had not worshipped the beast, neither his image. They had not received his mark on their forehead or in their hand. They were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So, I can see here that this can be interpreted two different ways. It's, when it says, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, it's either talking about, um, you know, it, it's saying it the same way it's saying that they didn't worship the beast, they didn't worship his mark. You know, it's talking in past tense of something that happened. And if that's the case, then a thousand years is a figurative uh, number. And a lot of times these numbers are uh, figurative in the Bible. Uh, a very good example of this is the scripture that says with, with the Lord, a day is a thousand years And a thousand years is like a day with the Lord. Uh, So this could be a figurative number for the time in between Christ's first advent and his second advent, during which time his kingdom is established on this earth. Guys, remember that first scripture that I read. Where it said, and from this time, Jesus began to teach that the kingdom of God was at hand. So if he was teaching that the kingdom was at hand while he was on the earth before his crucifixion, then it seems to me that when after he rose again and ascended to the right hand of the Father where he has been seated, ruling and reigning ever since, and if we are, the Bible says we are ruling and reigning in heavenly places with him, if that is the case and the kingdom of God is... A spiritual kingdom that is separate and apart from the kingdom of the world which is a fleshly sinful kingdom then I can see where the thousand years is a figurative number that all believers from the first advent of Christ to the second advent of Christ went through now, I can also see how it can be saying that after these things, after the judgment happens here in Revelation 20, when it says, and I saw thrones, and and then... The, see, uh, hold on, I've already turned to Matthew 24. Let me get back to it. Okay, it says, and I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, And judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned a thousand years with Christ. So I can see it saying also, after all that, that they lived and reigned a thousand years with Christ. Now, I want to go to Matthew 24 and see what it says. And then after that, I'm going to go, I'm going to scroll up on Google and read you from the uh, early church fathers. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys exactly where this Gnost, Jewish Gnostic version of the millennium came from that the dispensationalists are so fond of. I'm gonna tell you guys exactly where the dispensational view of the millennium came from because they didn't invent it. This was not a Darby invention. This was just something that he latched on to, just like. Uh, rabbinic Judaism and Christian Zionism or dispensationalism. They're one and the same in my opinion. But regardless, it's just like the two of them kind of interweave with one another their doctrines. they The dispensationalists and the Christian Zionists, they borrow from the Talmudic doctrines of the rabbis and the rabbinic and rabbinic Judaism. And that's exactly what Darby did when, and the early 1830s dispensationalists, when they took this doctrine of a future Jewish millennial kingdom, a Jewish messianic kingdom in the future, they took that doctrine straight from a Gnostic heretic. There's no other way to put it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that up and read it to you guys. But first, I want to go to Matthew 24, and it starts off. Matthew 24 it starts off with Jesus, um, uh, it's it's prophesying the destruction of the temple. And we know that happened in 70 AD. So we're going to go down um, to really the beginning of what's called the Olivet Discourse. And it starts in verse 3 of Matthew 24. And it says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now, to me, you know, by this time, the disciples knew that the kingdom of God was at hand. They knew that. Even if they didn't want to admit that their master was getting ready to be crucified, Jesus had told them this. You know, he he had disclosed his mission to them. Now, it seems to me that if there was going to be this future millennial kingdom on earth, not eternity, mind you, but a thousand years on earth, which no matter how you look at it, it is a idea that comes from uh, Judaism. It, it is it's what the Jewish people thought the Messiah was coming to do all along, and that was set up an earthly kingdom. But that's not what Jesus came for. Now, if there was going to be this future thousand years, it seems like the disciples would have said, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the millennial reign or the messianic kingdom. But instead, they say, what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now, to me, right off the bat, that is... A big red flag for me. But we're going to go through it and we're going to see. And it'll definitely have to be next week before we uh, go through all of it. But I'm just going to read some of Matthew 24 here and see if I can find anything that relates to the millennium. And then I'm going to pull up the, um, the beginning of this doctrine, who started it. I'm going to tell you guys exactly where it came from, who started it, and we're going to see what the earliest commentary on the book of Revelation ever written from the Beginning of the 4th century, it was like from 304 AD, what it has to say about it, as well as the earliest church history ever written by Eusebius. We're going to see what they have to say about the inventor of this doctrine, as well as the doctrine itself. But first, let's go to Matthew 24. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom, this gospel of what? Gospel of the kingdom. Now, is he talking about a future Messianic kingdom? A future Davidic kingdom? Or is he talking about the kingdom of God that he preached throughout his ministry? Jesus talked about the kingdom of God more than anything else, more than being born again, more than a crucifixion. Jesus talked about the kingdom. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. That's what he called the gospel message. It was the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Not then shall the millennium come. It says then shall the end come. See, I know it sounds like that I am saying that there is no future millennium, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing here. Because, you know, I've already read this on my own. Now I'm reading it with you guys. And... I just don't see anything in the future yet. But hopefully, because that's what the majority of people believe, hopefully I will be able to prove that it's true. I will definitely disprove the Jewish millennium, the dispensational millennium. That is heresy and that is false. And that is what part one tonight has been about disproving that. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place whoso readeth let him understand then let them which be in Judah flee into the mountains let him which is on on the housetop, not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be great tribulation. Great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be again. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible they should deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately, all right, here we go. We've come to the end of the tribulation in Matthew 24, okay? Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, And the stars shall fall from heaven. And the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. You hear that? They shall gather from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of a fig of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors." Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall be two. In the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in... Such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh, who then is faithful and wise servant, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily, I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites." There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that is the end of Matthew 24. Now, all I'm going to say for now is this. That there is no future millennium in Matthew 24. The one chapter where Jesus deals with prophecy. There's no future millennium. There's after the judgment. There's just the judgment and then eternity. Now, I can see the kingdom of God in there throughout that, throughout all of that time, but it doesn't talk about a kingdom after that. Not on this earth, not an earthly, fleshly kingdom. Now, I want to wrap this up by telling you where this doctrine came from. This doctrine came from a man at the end of the first century. The end of the first century, there was... A man by the name. I'm trying to find it right now. Now, okay, I I found something else. Um. Oh, where's it at? I, I hate when I lose things. All right. The, the man's name Who started this entire doctrine. His name was Serentius. He was a Jew. And the Jewish encyclopedia tells you that every one of the Gnostic schools, every one of the Gnostic sects, the Gnostic schools of of belief were started by a Jew. And they proudly own that. And and this Jewish Gnostic, he brought the Jewish kingdom from rabbinical Judaism to so-called Christian teaching. But Serenthius was definitely not a Christian. He, now, he adopted this earthly uh, Jewish kingdom and brought it over to Christianity and this doctrine spread through many different directions and in many different forms now Epiphanus of Salamis it's very hard to say but <laughs> It's Epiphanus of Salanus, the Panorian, gives us background on who Serenthius was. He says, now Serenthus, in turn, was the founder of the so-called Serentians, has come from this bestial seed bringing the world his venom. For he slanderously gives the same account of Christ that he was born as Christ Hippocrates, that he was born of Mary and Joseph's seed, so he denied the virgin birth, and likewise, that the world was made by angels Gnostic teaching uh, the world was not created by God, it was created by angels. And he goes on to say that Christ was just a man. That the Holy Spirit came on him and made him the Christ so that he could do miracles. You know, just these new age teachings before the new age. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. Now, this is uh, the oldest commentary ever written on the book of Revelations. I told you we were going to go to the oldest commentary ever written. The very first commentary ever written on the book of Revelations. It was by Victorinus. Now, he died in 304 A.D., so it doesn't say when this was written, but he died in the persecution of 304 A.D. Now, this is what Victorinus said. All right, now, this is in the Apostolic Fathers, Volume 7, on page 358, and he says, Those years wherein Satan is bound, are in the first advent of Christ, even to the end of the age. And they are called a thousand upon that mode of speaking, where is signified by the whole, just as is that passage, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations. And he goes on to say on on page 360, Therefore, they are not to be heard who assure themselves that there is to be an earthly reign of a thousand years, who think that is to say with the heretic Serentis, for the kingdom of Christ is now eternal in the saints. Although the glory of the saints is, shall not be manifested until after the resurrection. Now, it should make people think that the really deep scholars of the Reformation, they rejected this thought, this train of thought. The oldest commentary on Revelation says that It came from this, this doctrine came from this Gnostic heretic. Now, the oldest church history ever written was from Eusebius. And it was dated 323 AD, the oldest church history that there is. And this was one of the bases that... Turretain says that he rejected it is because the facts show it's obviously rabbinic and Gnostic in its origin, and from Eusebius' church history on page 160, it says, But Serenthus, although by means of revelation, which he pretends were written by a great apostle, brings before us marvelous things which he falsely claims were showed him by angels. And he says that after the resurrection, the kingdom of Christ will be set up on earth and that the flesh dwelling in Jerusalem will again be subject to desires and to pleasures. And to the enmity of the scripture of God, he asserts that there is to be a period of a thousand years for marriage festivals, and he just goes on. There's another section in early church history that elaborates on Serentis being the author of this, this doctrine of a future millennium, a Jewish future millennium, um, that literally comes from uh, the doctrine of Rabbinic Judaism and Gnosticism. And that alone makes me question this doctrine. Now, there were, understand this, there were other uh, views on the millennium. There were other beliefs on the millennium that were held by the early church fathers. There wasn't just this one view, this heretical view. Uh, Justin Martyr, he was one of the early church uh, anti-Nicene fathers who believed in a future millennial kingdom. But it was nothing like this... uh, dispensational lie that is taught today. It is nothing like uh, this Gnostic heretic, the doctrine that he brought into the church. These lies need to be brought out into light. Light needs to be shined on them, which is the main reason that I covered this particular part of dispensationalism first. Before we go and find out the truth of the millennium, I had to deal with the lie of the millennium. Now... Again, I'm not saying that there's not going to be a future millennial reign. I want to find out if there's going to be. I'm on a quest for truth here, and I want you to join me on this quest. One thing we've already found to be true in this quest is that the, the dispensational teaching of the future millennial reign is... wrong. It is gnostic and Jewish in origin and it is a complete misrepresentation and I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying my best to be polite. It is just a twisting of the scriptures period. But that is all the time that we have for tonight's program. I thank all of you for sticking with me, and I pray that you will all come back for part two. I'm going to do my best to have it tomorrow night. If not, it will be on Friday. But in any case, I want you guys to really pray about everything that you've heard here tonight. And pray that we're able to find the truth in all of this from the word of God. And also, you know, pray that maybe I can get uh, Phil Baker to come on the show with me or, or BDK and that we can discuss this together and allow iron to sharpen iron. And that would just, to- I mean, it would it'd be awesome. Um, you know, I, I've had BDK on my program before where friends um, We're brothers in Christ, but we're also friends. I've had him on my program. He's had me on his program. I'd love to have him on again. But I'd also love to get Phil on here. Um, Phil has just tremendous knowledge of the, you know, anti nicene Fathers and early church history. So I'd love to get him on here. But guys, that is going to do it for tonight. So... Until next time, for the Next Chapter Radio Network and Kingdom Productions, I am the Remnant Warrior, saying good night and grace and peace.